Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Hello and welcome to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown, and joining me today is Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we come to you today especially grateful for the way that you came to live among us in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we ask you to help us to appreciate more his human family and the way that you draw us into relationship with you through this family. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, thy thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead lead us us not into temptation, temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Holy Family is the human family that I was referring to Mm -hmm. in that prayer, Jacob. I hope that was clear enough. Yeah. And in the Holy Family, we have, of course, three people. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. his mother Mary, and his foster father Joseph. And his mother, Mary, is specifically the source of a lot of questions that Catholics receive Mm -hmm. um, from people who... Um, are outside the church and don't understand exactly why we as Catholics give her the attention that we do. Um, So I thought maybe today we could talk about her. That sounds awesome. Um, the, The questions often revolve around the main issue of, you know, if Christ is our Savior, Mm -hmm. then... Why do we pay attention to anyone else besides him? Right. So a lot of people who question the church's um, role or the, the role that the church um, gives Mary, which is the highest of the saints, right, mm-hmm. in her mediation of grace, um, they say, why, why do we need all of that? You know, Christ is sufficient. His sacrifice on the cross is perfect, mm-hmm. right, which it is. Um, we're not denying any of that. For sure, um, but Mary, Christ's mother, truly, truly his mother, um, mm-hmm. has a special role to play in that, right? And we can see that in his life. So, like today, perhaps we could look at a few of those times in his life when his mother is present, mm-hmm. and especially look at what he says about her and how they interact with one another. Um, and then we can also see in those experiences some other things that you know, God is telling us about just our relationship with him in general and um, the role that Mary has. Right. And everything that um, we know about Mary, every time we pray to Mary, um, all of that is ultimately referred back to Christ. So Mm -hmm. she's kind of um, a mediator in a way between us and her son. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything that we know about her magnifies Mm -hmm. Jesus. And as we were talking about, you know, having a conversation about her, you brought to my attention something that I wasn't 
very aware of. Mm-hmm. We, of course, know that Mary's present in the Gospels. Right. And then it's pretty, I think, pretty common knowledge that in the book of Revelation, we find her. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But even St. Paul makes right. a reference Saint to, to Jesus' mother. Who's, um all of his writings are so focused on Christ, mm-hmm. on um what it means to live as a Christian, one who is claimed by Christ. Mm-hmm. He's the um, one who says, let me preach Christ and Christ crucified. Right, no. alone, mm-hmm. um, just those things. But in um, Galatians, um, he makes, it's the only mention of Mary, Galatians 4, 4, um, he says, but when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Uh, so that, that's the men, the one mention of Mary in the Pauline corpus, mm-hmm. um, born of a woman, um, describing Christ. Um, so it's not any sort of grand exaltation of no. Mary. We don't even get her name in there. Right. Um, but he's recognizing how important it is that Christ was born of Mary. To recognize that the incarnation hinges upon this. You right. Know, Christ really being one of us. Mm-hmm. Means it's really that important. He had a human mother, mm-hmm. um, which is Mary. So Mary's um, the mother of God, um, which kind of shows her really unique and important role in the whole plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. Right? We um, we have the Annunciation scene where she gives her fiat, her yes, mm-hmm. let it be done unto me according to thy will, and that is the moment of the incarnation. Is her yes. To yeah. God, that moment when God um, comes down from heaven, takes on human form, and becomes one with humanity. It's kind of a fun detail to remember that, um, you know, when we pray the creed at Mass, you know, when we say what we believe, mm-hmm. we always bow when we remember the incarnation. We bow at the words, you know, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. Mm-hmm. There are two days in the year when we also genuflect, we kneel down. Right. One is the one that people would always think of, which is, you know, when was Christ born? Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we bow on Christmas. We genuflect on Christmas, rather. But there's another day, and you just referred to this, you know, the incarnation, when Christ becomes a man, human, mm-hmm. is when he's conceived. Right. So that other feast, the Annunciation, mm-hmm. we also genuflect on that day. Right. Yeah. Right. I remember um, one year in the chapel at the Josephinum, um, there we have our hymn board, um, and so it has all the numbers for what hymns we're singing that day. And it was Annunciation Day, and there was this new—it um, wasn't numbers, but there was this new little sign that was put up there. It was next to the number of the sung creed in the yeah, hymnal, yeah, and yeah. it said "with genuflection" yeah. <laughs> to remind everyone of this kind of unique gesture that we have on the day that commemorates the incarnation. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget the word that was up on the hymn board "with mm-hmm. genuflection" uh, was for the that. creed that day. <laughs> So this first moment, the Annunciation, you know, it's it's hard to breeze through Mary, you know, in a short episode like this because there's so much happening at each of these encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that first encounter, we really see an encapsulation of her willingness to do God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one one thing I'd like to highlight before we go on is just that, you know, in Mary we have total freedom. You, you mentioned she's part of God's plan, and that's certainly true. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that, you know, she's a puppet. Right. She's someone who totally understands what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And because of what she knows about God and 
because of her love for God, she says, yes, right. let your will be done in my life. And that yes permeates her whole being, mm-hmm. all of her whole her life, you know, all the time of her life. Right. And like you said, it, it's done in freedom. It's done out of a genuine desire to do God's will. It wasn't that he came down and and forced her to right. do anything. No. Um, she had this encounter with with uh, the angel Gabriel and the Holy Spirit and said, yes, mm-hmm. yes, I want to um, do whatever God wants me to do with my life because that's what I'm made for. That's how I'm going to be the most fulfilled mm-hmm. and that's how I'm going to um, bring love uh, and joy into the world. And she brought love mm-hmm. himself into the world through mm-hmm. her yes. That's right. a great inspiration for us too, to really strive to make our yeses to God more than just that one time that we're praying. Say, yes, God, I'm going to do this one thing for you. But really trying to make it a yes that's abiding. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that idea of abiding, lasting, permanence. Um, so that's, that's a good thing for us to strive after. And she's a great example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we also hear something else in the story of the Annunciation, the greeting Mm-hmm. that Gabriel greets Mary. Um, he doesn't kind of knock on the door and say, hello, Mary, how are you? <laughs> right. He says, um, hail Mary, full of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the the saints have written, I think St. Maximilian Colby talks about that Gabriel calling her full of grace is almost like that's her name in mm-hmm. a way. Um, it's not just some sort of thing about her that, oh yeah, here's Mary. Mm-hmm great lady she happens to be full of grace no she is mm-hmm. full of grace um, and what is grace grace is the love of god and it's a gift a gift from god mm-hmm. of his love right mm-hmm. so she's someone who really totally just opens herself up to god and what he has to offer her in her life mm-hmm. and cooperates <laughs> yeah. right yeah and it's from that title that we're able to kind of explain from a biblical source mm-hmm. the the Immaculate Conception of Mary, Hmm. right? That Mary was um, conceived in the womb of St. Anne, free from original sin. Mm -hmm. Um, So being full of grace, it's not just in that moment, but it's recognizing as her name, as that's who she is, that's who she always has been. Um, She's participated in the merits of Christ. Mm -hmm. Preveniently is the big theological word. Ahead of time, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Exactly. So that way God could have Um, a perfect vessel, a pure vessel um, to be born into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Something that we can access through our baptism and through, through the sacraments of reconciliation. Exactly. So she had that, that baptism when she was still in the womb. Right. In a way. Beautiful. You're listening to the seminarian show on St. Gabriel Catholic radio. My name is Brian Smith. From the Diocese of Youngstown, I'm joined by Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus, and we're talking about the Blessed Mother, Mary, today. We're breezing through, we're attempting to, some of the main moments of her life and the significance they have for her role in Christ's mission to save us and the way that they draw us into the church and into a relationship with God, especially with her son. After the Annunciation, you know, there are a few other moments in the early life of Christ. We're not going to touch on all of those today, but mm-hmm. we're, we'll jump ahead now to the first appearance that Christ has in his adult public ministry with his mother. Sure. Um, 
We hear about this in the Gospel of John. Yeah, it's his first miracle story, right? The right. So the wedding you, feast of Cana. If anyone's familiar with the luminous mysteries, they'll know that mm-hmm. um, the beginning of the signs is at the wedding at Cana. Right. So there, um, we have some peculiar dialogue that's really um, caught people's attention over the years for sure. <laughs> the history of the church. Um, so let's just look briefly about at that dialogue between the two of them. We know the wine runs out. Mm-hmm. And the Blessed Mother tells her son, Jesus, they have no wine. And then he responds with something that confuses people sometimes. Right. He says, woman, what have you to do with me? Or another way of looking at that line is, you know, what does that have to do with me and you? Right. Right. It's not his party. Mm -hmm. So it's not his problem in a way. Mm -hmm. And then the Blessed Mother turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. And then we know what follows. Mm-hmm. So in our Lord's response and in Mary's words, I think those are the two things we might want to focus on, especially um, is our Lord, you know, disrespecting his mother here. Hmm. That's a question. A lot of people ask, you know, sure. what is this to me and to you? Um, my time has not yet come. And, you know, he's always looking forward to, his passion and his death and resurrection. And the signs are leading to that. So um, this, the way that he calls out to his mother, woman is not a disrespectful term. You know, that's an important thing to understand. Yeah. Well, it might seem like it. I certainly wouldn't refer to my mother today in in our world. Right. Yeah. But in their world, um, it was, it's actually kind of a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also points forward to another episode in the life of Mary that we'll get to in a little bit, where she's mm-hmm. also called a woman again. Yep. Um, and but, then, go ahead. Yeah, so the um, the response of Mary isn't to try to explain to Jesus why this is important for them or right. anything like that. She just, she knows in her heart um, that her son, who's God, can do a miracle here. Mm -hmm. So she just turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then Christ does tell the servants what to do, right? He gives Mm -hmm. them their instructions to go fill the, the big jars full of water, Mm -hmm. take it to the steward during which time it turns into wine for the feast. Um, So we see really Mary encapsulating her role in bringing Christ into the world and bringing others to Christ. mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. What she's all about is getting people connected to him. Right, right. And she gives us um, a very simple instruction, too, of when she brings us to Christ, she tells us what to do. Um, (laughs) Right, that's a good point. It's very simple. Do whatever he tells you. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows that Christ has the answers, um, that he knows what's best for our lives, that he can bring um, the joy of new wine into our lives, Mm -hmm. right? Wine is, in the Bible, a symbol of joy, um, also, um, yeah, so very simple instructions. Just do whatever he tells you. Mm-hmm. So we will especially see Mary again once we get to what we would call like the Holy Week time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a peculiar episode in the Gospel of Luke where she's brought up again in conversation. And it's actually someone else who brings her up. No, right. A so random Mary, person. <laughs> Mary isn't like a character in the story necessarily, right. but she is referred to um, 
by someone in the crowd. So we're talking about the 11th chapter of Luke, verse 27. Um, there's two verses, 27 and 28. Let's read them really quickly. As he said this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that you sucked. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So, here we have our Lord saying something else about his mother that people often take to be disrespectful. Yeah, it seems like a problematic passage, right? It's almost like Christ Mm -hmm. is taking away from Mm -hmm. um, the the blessedness, the, the importance of Mary as his mother, mm-hmm. right? Like on the face of it, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we know that isn't true. What um, he's trying to do is point us to the deeper reason mm-hmm. of why she's blessed. Right. And in when he does that, he's really inviting other people to enter into that blessedness that his mother enjoys. Mm-hmm. So Mary is blessed because she keeps the word of God. Mm-hmm. She hears the word of God and keeps it. Right. It's kind of going back to both of the episodes we've talked about before, to the Annunciation, um, hearing the word of God and cherishing it in her heart. Yeah. Right? She hears that message from Gabriel and cherishes it in her heart. It enters into her whole being with which she responds, yes, let it be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's also she is a good disciple. She's bringing others to Christ, like we saw in the, the wedding feast at Cana. Do whatever he tells you. She's bringing those stewards to Christ giving them their instructions, and then letting them be with her son. And in Jesus Christ, we have the word of God mm-hmm. in the flesh. And Mary, very concretely, you know, kept him. She received sure. him and kept him. <laughs> yeah, in a very physical way. <laughs> Raised right. him. Um, so we're, we're called to do something similar with our relationship with the word of God. Mm-hmm. Recognize that that is, first and foremost, a person. That yes. is Jesus. So the way that we really hear the word of God and keep it is by entering into a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what makes the entirety of scripture different from every other um, book ever written, mm-hmm. right? Is that, well, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, but also it's a vehicle for encounter with the word of God because mm-hmm. it is the word of God. Yeah. Um, so it, it takes us into a supernatural relationship with Jesus Christ. So basically Jesus is saying, to this woman. Don't stop there. She's not just blessed because, you know, she bore me and she nursed me. Mm-hmm. She's blessed primarily because. Right. Even was, before she did that, she yeah. was blessed. Yeah. Right. Um, These are good reminders. Mm-hmm. You want to move on to Holy Week time? Sure. Sure. Where do we see Mary during Holy Week? Well, we see her at the cross. Mm-hmm. And we see her on the way of the cross. Sure. meeting her son the fourth station and then especially we see her next to the cross there with the disciple that jesus loved and with the other women so we have another dialogue you know short dialogue but once again one that's super meaningful for us very powerful um especially meaningful for us because of the way the gospel of john presents you know this dialogue the other disciple isn't named, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean it's not a real person. But by not naming it, you know, there's an invitation to kind of put ourselves in that spot. Absolutely. So 
So this is coming from John 19, is that right? Yeah, the the 19th chapter of John, verse 25. And it says, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that time, the disciple took her into his home. So we have a new family being formed, in a sense. Right. Some people would say this is simply a way that our Lord can make sure that his mother has someone to, you know, take care of her. Mm-hmm. But it's peculiar that our Lord first says to Mary, here is your son. He doesn't say to John, here's your mom, take care of her. He says right. first to his mother, here is your son, you know. There is a special relationship that this beloved disciple is to have with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that maternal care, that maternal protection that Mary showed to Jesus during his whole life. Mm-hmm. On the cross, he extends it to, like you said, this new family, the church mm-hmm. that's being formed um, and is represented by uh, the beloved disciple. Yeah. Uh, because that's what we all are in the eyes of Christ. We're all his beloved disciples, yeah. right, through our baptism um, and through just living the Christian life. Um, we live in the, the loving sight of God. And I think it's worthwhile to reflect that this is the moment when Christ is giving himself totally. I mean, mm-hmm. all of his life is a gift, and all of his life is kind of caught up in the gift of the cross. But right at this same moment is the time when he gives his mother as the mother to believers. Yeah. I think it's good. Um Another fun little reflection in the Greek, um, you said the disciple took her into his home. Mm-hmm. In the Greek, it just says into his own. Oh, um, okay. So it's it's not just that they shared a roof, but they shared everything. That yeah, Mary was right. a part of all of the beloved disciples' life. Mm-hmm. Really, um, not they weren't just new roommates or something like that. Um, right. But everything they did was together. Everything that was the beloved disciples now was under Mary's protection Mm -hmm. and was Mary's. So it's kind of important for um, prayer also is to entrust everything to Mary um, because, I mean, we even see just physically at the crucifixion, Mary's right there next to the cross. Anything that we take to Mary, anything that we entrust to Mary, Mm -hmm. it's just a short little turn of her head almost (laughs) to her son who's right there um, giving everything, giving Mm -hmm. all the graces um, that are needed. Mm Mm-hmm. And you pointed out that um, in this dialogue, um, or this, yeah, this dialogue of Christ on the cross, um, he first turns to Mary, right? He says, uh, woman, behold your son, mm-hmm. um, which shows the role of Mary in the Christian life as she's the one who's, we call her the mediatrix of all mm-hmm. graces. Um, so if Christ first turns to her, this is your son. These are the ones that you're going to take care of. Mm-hmm. And he gives her the power, the authority, the responsibility, um, the love to pour out all those graces on all of her children um, throughout the world. And God knows us, and he knows that the power a mother has in bringing her children over to good things and over to him is strong. Mm -hmm. So he wants us to have that relationship with Mary because through her, we can get to know him better. Yes, for sure. 
for sure. And this, you know, I think this says something about the life of a seminarian too. Some of those reflections you were just sharing about how um, we're called to be with Mary in everything, just like John brought her into his own. You know, a seminarian is really called to do that. Right. So much of seminary formation is about um, learning how to live like Christ. Right? Right. We're training to be priests, training to be um, it's called an alter Christus, an other Christ, mm-hmm. um, which is a role of all Christians, but in a particular way, the priest who stands in the person of Christ, the head in the sacraments, right? So we have to get to know Christ in a, maybe even a deeper way um, as priests. Um, and so Mary is the one who can help us do that, mm-hmm. who knew her son perfectly, who, as the gospel said, you know, in, at the end of those infancy narratives and pondered all things in her heart. Mm-hmm. She's the one we can turn to and we do turn to, um, to ask for her help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard it said that, you know, Mary loves her son most, right? Right. Um, and because the priests stand in the place of her son, she has a special love for those priests because when she looks at a priest, she sees her son. She sees Jesus mm-hmm. um, because that's their role is to be uh, in persona Christi, in the person of Jesus. And she's always trying to bring them closer to her son and bring others closer to God through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. So just as um, the priests are mediators of God's grace through the sacraments, so is Mary um, a mediator of the graces for all Christians, but especially for priests too. Mm-hmm. So they, they entrust all things to her, as we saw with the example of of you know, Pope St. John Paul II, um, his, his motto, his people motto was totus to us, all, all yours, totally mm-hmm. yours, um, mm-hmm. which was addressed to Mary. Um, so everything, all the worries that he had, all of his cares, all of his concerns, which I'm sure as the Pope were many, yes. um, he just put them all in the hands of Mary and said, present these to your son. So in the end, we shouldn't be afraid to turn to Mary because if we really do, She's not going to distract us from Christ. She's only going to bring us closer to him. Exactly. Um, so why don't we finish by doing that? Excellent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed Mother, thank you for turning to God and trusting him and for bringing your Son into the world. Continue to bring us closer to him. And help us to trust in you at all times and in the power of your intercession before him. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.